Welcome to Brunch with BBB, a podcast about real-life marketplace issues and trends that matter to both business owners and consumers in and around Eastern North Carolina. Each week, you're going to hear incredible conversations on some of the most challenging and important marketplace topics with perspectives from a variety of future guests. So grab your coffee and get ready for an exciting conversation with your hosts, Louise Felice and Catherine Honeycutt of Better Business Bureau serving Eastern North Carolina. Louise Feliz. What is up, people? Yeah, we are excited for today's episode. Uh, to help us celebrate Small Business Month, we are going to be interviewing Bill King, the yeah. CEO of Downtown Raleigh Alliance, on today's episode to find out how they're working to support business owners for the post-pandemic success that we are all ready for. So welcome to the podcast, Bill. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, and uh, let's let's do this thing. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. excited! We're excited. So, Bill, the most important question that we have, as you know, um, we are brunch with BBB, and we always love to ask our guests about their favorite um, brunch dish, their favorite place to go to eat. We're all about food here, so just give us some pointers. What can um, what does Bill like to eat for brunch? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm a waffle person, uh, so I love waffles. Uh, I, I grew up near a waffle house when I was a kid, so that's that was sort of my original entry to it. And then here in Raleigh, in terms of brunch, I love going to Capital Club 16. It's a it's a cool spot in downtown on uh, uh, Martin Street, right off Fayetteville Street. So that's a great spot. Really interesting. Um, and so we got, we got a lot of great brunch spots though in downtown Raleigh. So, you know, I think if anyone wants to check them out, we got them on our website at downtownraleigh.org. But, um, yeah, I love brunch. It's a, it's a great meal, but waffles are my go-to. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, now that we've got all of our listeners good and hungry, grab your cup of coffee because we are going to dive in to all things downtown Raleigh. Um, first Bill, share a little bit about, the downtown Raleigh Alliance, you know, what do you guys do? Uh, kind of what's your role there, especially for those who may not know that you exist or have heard of you, but maybe they're not sure what exactly you guys do. Yeah, that's a great question. So we are a nonprofit uh, devoted to advancing the vitality of downtown Raleigh for everyone. And across the state, you have a lot of downtowns have organizations like ours. Um, oftentimes they are in charge of overseeing what's called a municipal service district, which is a state designation. Um, so it's a property tax district where there's an extra assessment inside of downtowns on those properties. And that then pays for extra services above and beyond what the city can provide. It's a very common economic development model. So we have peer organizations in Durham, Charlotte, Chapel Hill, um, Wilmington, and a lot of other cities in the state. And what we do is we provide a core number of services. So we have safety and hospitality ambassadors. So we have 16 of those. So they're, they're on patrol almost 24 seven, you know, looking to help people. They provide extra eyes on the street. Uh, they'll walk people to their cars, things like that. So that's one of our core services. Um, we also do marketing and promotions. So for example, this weekend, we have our farmer's market launching Sunday morning at Moore Square, uh, which we're really excited about. 
We also have uh, what we call dine out downtown, which is where we close streets in downtown and expand our outdoor dining. So we're doing that both tonight and tomorrow night, which is pretty cool. Um, and so we do a lot of marketing promotions first Friday, uh, things like that. And then we do um, economic development. And so in that, we've done a lot of retail recruitment. We recruited uh, two grocery stores to downtown Raleigh over the last few years, we recruited a lot of locally owned businesses. So downtown Raleigh is 93% locally owned on the storefront level, which is amazing. Very unusual for a downtown of this size. Mm -hmm. um, and so we do a lot to try to foster those. Um, we have several grant programs. So we do a, a retail upfit grant. Right now we're overseeing a pop-up grant to get pop-ups to fill vacant storefronts. Uh, that's been really successful. Two of our pop-ups have already extended their leases, which is great. Um, and then we do a lot of, you know, sort of training and um, information sharing. We do a lot of policy work with the city around economic development. So expanding outdoor dining or, um, you know, things along those lines, we'll work with the city on uh, very closely. So um, those are sort of our, our big services here in downtown. We get pulled into a lot of other things. We're engaged on transportation issues and, um, you know, other things like that. But it's pretty cool. We get to touch a lot of different things in a really dynamic and, and growing downtown. You know, I love that so much. And, and just to throw it in there, my wife and I love downtown Raleigh. Every chance we get, we just try to go there. And it's pretty impressive that you said 93% are small-owned um, businesses locally. That is really impressive. I love that so much. And we're going to continue to grow, hopefully. Um, but what does the small business landscape look like in Raleigh in general? You know, um, I think what's what's great is you do have a downtown that is so locally owned. Um, and we have a lot of great locally owned businesses throughout the region. I think there's a spirit of entrepreneurship in Raleigh. Um, you know, we have all these universities, um, which helps. And that's a great thing. And so you, you have this sort of sense of collaboration. Um, and there's a lot of support, you know, whether it's, um, you know, entrepreneurship centers um, or other sort of counselors and, and other organizations who can help you build a business quickly. I think there's a sense that supporting small locally owned businesses is kind of part of the ethos of Raleigh, which is a great thing. So, you know, the landscape is really good. There's a lot of opportunity here. We try to provide a lot of pathways for small businesses, um, doing things like our pop-up grants um, and our upfit grant. I think there's good support. Certainly the past year has been a challenge across the world, obviously, and certainly that's been the case for small businesses. So a lot of them have had to get really creative. Um, and, you know, whether that's changing how they do outdoor dining, you know, pivoting to takeout, um, even changing their menu, you know, all of these things, they've, they've had to be really creative to survive. And I think, you know, a lot of them have survived because people have deliberately supported them. And so, you know, as consumers, we've had to make a choice to be more deliberate, to go out of our way to support these small businesses. Because a lot of, for a lot of people, they've been at home for a year. And so, you know, you're not walking past the coffee shop anymore, you know, or, or the lunch place in, in your building, because you're not in your building. So, you know, it's been a much more deliberate support. Um, so I think we've got a really strong, good community here of small businesses that we're really proud of. Yeah, and that leads me to my next question, which is all about COVID. So it's been a crazy year. You mentioned in the beginning, some of the programs you guys have, like First Friday, the farmer's market, all these events and things that, you know, typically in a year without a pandemic would be happening what has kind of the last year looked like for you all? Um, and maybe what new obstacles or challenges or really just things that may look different 
in regards to real estate or new businesses, um, even transportation, you kind of touched on earlier. Um, what, what has that kind of looked like for you guys this past year? So that's a great question. We, we had to pivot really quickly. Pivot's the word that probably everyone's sick of hearing, but that's been <laughs> the case. So if you think back to when, you know, there was sort of that day where COVID really sort of hit, right? Everything started closing and, you know, sports was getting canceled and all that. You know, within a couple of days of that, we had changed our website to have, you know, everyone who's doing online pickup, you know, sales like that. We, we completely redid our website and we worked with the city of Raleigh to deploy these curbside pickup zones. We got those done in a couple of days and granted they're cones and signs, you know, they're not fancy, but they're hugely important to our businesses. So we got those done in a couple of days. And so from there on out, it was sort of like, you're going to have to just roll with it and adjust. And so we certainly cut down on events and activations. We had to cancel a lot last year. Um, and then we had to put our resources into, all right, what are the best ways that consumers will support these businesses? So, you know, that online resource was important. We built a website where you can find all of the stores in downtown Raleigh that have online stores. So it's kind of like a mini Amazon and you can support them easier because what we found is consumers want to support small businesses, but they're still consumers. And so they're only going to do it up to a point. And if it's really, really hard and arduous, we all know, frankly, people will just kind of go, you know what, I'm just going to go with the easier route here. So we got to make it easy. And so we, we did a lot of things like that to make it easy. We ended up launching a, a very large grant program for us, uh, which was a $375,000 program. Duke Energy was our supporter on it, um, tremendous support. And it was for um, what we call pivot grants. So that was to pay for your new outdoor dining furniture. Um, if you were building a new online website to do to-go orders or sales, you know, we could pay for that. Uh, takeout windows, people built takeout windows, we pay for that. So that was a brand new program for us. We'd never done it before. We launched that and gave out uh, 97 grants there. Dine Out Downtown was an activation that we were not planning on doing. Well, then it turns out what did consumers want to do? They wanted to be outside. That's where they felt safest. Um, and there was an opportunity to do that. It helped our businesses. So we pivoted really quickly and we did that. It's been so successful. We're doing it every Saturday night here in Raleigh um, through the summer. So, you know, we just had to be really flexible and nimble. Um, in order to get us through this. We are starting to see things get back to something close to normal. When we do events and activations, we follow all the rules. They, we keep people spaced out. Um, we've required masks. You know, if, if it's the outdoor dining, you gotta be seated. Um, but, you know, we're starting to see more and more energy and more and more people come back, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love to see, I love to hear everything that you guys are doing, not just for our city, uh, Bill, but also for our business community. And, and these grants, 97 grants, that's quite a bit, you know, to continue to, um, to expand our horizon. But as you know, the pandemic has brought its fear of challenges. It's brought so many challenges, but as well, um, in many ways, it also caused us to adapt for the better. You know, it, it made us think outside the four walls. So, you know, where do you see the future of Raleigh small businesses as a result to this pandemic then? that we were just that we just had and maybe we're still in it yeah that's a, that's a great question i think a few things i saw certainly the most obvious is that expansion and use of outdoor space right so a lot of our businesses were not necessarily using outdoor space um you know very aggressively particularly in downtown where outdoor space is largely public publicly owned 
Um, and so what we found is the city got a lot more flexible, made it a lot easier on businesses, mm -hmm. and then businesses were able to use it more. And I think that's been really compelling. We had some businesses who were like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. You know, this seems like a lot. And now they, they love it and they don't want to lose it. And they're really interested in it. So I think that's been a great early adaptation. I think certainly we saw a lot of businesses um, change their online resources. So we had stores who didn't previously do online sales that now do them. Obviously, a lot of restaurants greatly increased their takeout and, and their ability to do takeout delivery. So I think you're seeing those core services change a lot, uh, which, is, which is interesting. You know, I think what you'll see longer term is those types of adaptations, but also people looking at, okay, how do I need to connect with my customer differently than I did before? How do I get them down here? Um, because again, people have to sort of make that choice. We've got a little bit less, you know, foot traffic until office workers come back and visitors come back fully. So we've got businesses being creative about what kind of marketing do I need to do? What kind of strategies do I need to have to get people in here um, in a more deliberate way? And I think, you know, on the, on the consumer side, we're seeing more and more support for small businesses that's deliberate. Last Christmas, we saw a lot of people choose to buy specifically with small businesses, I think more so than we'd seen previously. So we were pleasantly surprised with that. And that's been really helpful. So I think you'll keep seeing that. I think the outdoors will be important. I think online will be important. And I think experience will be important. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, before we kind of pivot and talk a little bit about kind of the, the future and what our listeners can do from a practical standpoint. Um, you mentioned the website you guys created for downtown geared towards small businesses where a consumer could go and immediately shop right there with a locally owned business. What is the name of that website? Is it still up? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, if you just go to downtownraleigh.org, you'll see a link on the homepage there and um, very easy to find. So it's just easy to find that online resource for shopping. Um, and then we also have on the homepage an online resource for all the businesses in downtown Raleigh that are open and the types of services they're providing. So are they doing delivery, curbside pickup, um, online ordering, and do they have outdoor dining? We have that resource as well. So if that's where your comfort level is, every restaurant that has outdoor dining, we've got that on there as well. So you just go to downtownraleigh.org, you'll see on the homepage links that'll guide you to all those resources. Awesome. I love it. Making it easy for us to support local. I love it. Um, so we have to talk about the big elephant in the room this week. So we're recording this episode right after we've received news that Apple announced their investment in our area. They're going to be putting an East coast division here. And while it's not necessarily located right in downtown, um, this still could have some impacts in our area and for our businesses. What, what does this news kind of mean to you? What are you most excited about? Kind of what, what does this kind of signify for our region? Because this is a really big deal. This is a big company. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's certainly an affirmation of our region and our talent, right? I mean, they're coming here because we are a very talented region. Um, I think also, obviously, quality of life is tremendous here. So you think about all the parks, the school system, the university system. Uh, it's just a really tremendous place to live. So I think it's an affirmation of, you know, who we are and all the work we've put in. Um, and I think it's a good thing to be able to get, you know, big employers because it's important to be able to keep growing your economy. It's important to be able to bring in jobs. Um, and those type of employers bring other companies, right? And they also will spin off companies. So you think about, we have companies that have come from people who came out of Red Hat or Citrix, you know, in downtown Raleigh and they've created new companies. So that's a good thing. Um, you know, I think that there's obviously always going to be some trepidation about when a big company comes in. 
Uh, and to me, I think we have to be thoughtful about what the challenge is and how to address it. So I think some people say, gosh, I'm really not excited about this. I, I wish we didn't have this company coming. And I understand that, um, but we can't really choose to stop growing our economy and stop attracting jobs. That doesn't really work. You end up in a, in a sort of spiral. What we do have to do is be thoughtful about our land use and our transportation. So I think that's where really if we get to the nut of what people are concerned about. It's I'm worried this is gonna increase traffic and increase housing prices. So I do think whenever we have a major employer come, it's another call to action on, we've really got to get our infrastructure straight and be sustainable so that we can handle this. And we really have to get our land use, you know, with having more housing options, more opportunities, um, because that's where people get concerned that they get crowded out. And there's not a place for them anymore. So I think that's the, the part we got to focus on, but it's obviously very exciting and a great affirmation for the region to have an employer like this pick us. Mm -hmm. Extremely excited about that. But, um, you know, to move on a little bit, Bill, what does the, the Raleigh business community um, from businesses and consumers, what do they need, um, you know, to, what do they need to know in order to grow and thrive beyond this uh, pandemic? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, some of this is figuring out our behavior, right? And so we're trying to figure out, we had an old pattern of, okay, everyone went to their office nine to five, um, they traveled a certain way, those things are changing. So one of the biggest things we can do as a business community is share information. So for example, for our small businesses in downtown, a lot of what they ask me is, when are the employees coming back? How are they coming back? Because it affects their staffing level, right? They say, if nobody's coming back until June 1st, then I'll keep my staff at a certain level. And then June 1st, I'll raise it up. That's very different. We never were in that situation before. So I think information sharing is one of the most important things we can do because now we're realizing how much we are actually interconnected, right? We're realizing like, oh boy, we really did need those office workers. So we need to get them back in a safe way. And we need to know when they're coming back so we can adjust our staffing. And what's funny is I talk to the offices and they say, we want to know when all the restaurants are open because we, when we come back, we want somewhere to eat. So can you tell us where the restaurants are, who's open, when, what's going on? So they want information too. So I see one of the most important things we can do as a business community is really share information on what we're all doing because we all have realized how connected we are. And then I think the other thing is having conversations about, you know, the flexibility we've all had for the last year around, you know, being able to expand our outdoor dining or, you know, do cocktails to go or things like that has been really important. And so I think that um, we have to be thoughtful about the fact that status quo is probably not coming back. There are gonna be behaviors that are now ingrained in us from a year plus of a pandemic that are not gonna easily go away. And let's, let's be realistic about that rather than try to just insist that we can get things back to February, 2020. I don't think that's realistic. So those are the two areas I see real opportunity for us, um, for our business community. Those are great points. And I love what you said about just let's communicate. Let's share where we're at because you make a great point that the restaurants don't want to open yet because the businesses aren't there to come eat there at lunch and the businesses don't want to go back yet because they want the restaurants open. So without knowing it, we're all kind of feeding off each other and we all need each other to thrive. And so if we're open and we're transparent about this is our situation, this is our timeline, then it can really help everyone else around us that we may not even realize rely on us to move forward. And so that's a great thought there and, and something that we can all do, whether you're a business owner, an employee, even a consumer, 
being transparent with your comfort level and your timeline is, is really important. And, you know, as things begin to, to reopen, everyone works to get to the other side of this pandemic, whatever it's going to look like. Um, what is you, uh, what is your focus at the Alliance, the Downtown Raleigh Alliance? What's your primary focus now over like the next year or so? You know, you have a lot of programs going on. You guys have, um, you know, consistently provided resources to the area, but what is your number one focus as things reopen? What's, what's the thing you, you've got to check off your list? Yeah, it's a great question. So when a few months ago, we reoriented our work strategically around four goals. Um, and I'll, I'll hit them real quick there. The first goal is, and they're very simple. They're very straightforward. The first goal is really get downtown's economy back on track. And so that's improving it through um, our pop-up program that's filling vacancies, right? And giving new entrepreneurship opportunities. That's been really successful. We've had two pop-ups come in, extend their leases for longer term. We have a third one that's signing a lease uh, this week. And, you know, that's been great for just getting new entrepreneurship in. So getting our economy back on track through pop-ups, recruitment. We have a major marketing campaign we're, we're unveiling uh, later this spring, um, which is pretty exciting. And so that's number one is we got to get this back so that our small businesses can survive through this. And, and we're getting closer. Things are getting better there. Our second goal is really around let's come back different than we were before. We don't need to come back the same as we were, because like I said, behaviors have changed. So that's you know an example of what we're doing under that goal is we're studying what we call our public realm. And so that's where we're looking at, what do we do with all these outdoor dining spaces and curbside zones? Do we keep them? If so, what does that look like? What do we need to think about as downtown comes back to life? How do we balance that? And we're also thinking about how to reactivate downtown. What would bring people back? What, what did you not see before that you'd like to see now? What would make you come down you know, on a Thursday evening you know, and hang out in downtown Raleigh. So that's a part of our second uh, goal. Our third goal is reactivate downtown. So this weekend's a great example. Dine out downtown Friday and Saturday nights, more square market Sunday morning. We're trying to make it fun. We know that for particularly office workers have to choose to come to work down here now because a lot of them have flexibility on you can work from anywhere. And so even as things reopen, a lot of employers are saying, you know, if you want to come to the office, great. If not, you don't have to yet. And so we want them to choose downtown Raleigh. So that's part of our strategy as well. And then our fourth goal is really making sure that people feel safe and secure downtown. The crime stats are very low in downtown Raleigh. We look at them. This is a very, very safe downtown. But we need to make sure people feel that way. And one of the things we've done that is different is we hired a social worker last year. Um, this is a, a new service for us. She works with those in need on our streets because what we're trying to do is really connect them with resources. So we have people who are in need, who we've never really been well suited to get them help. Now we're connecting them with food, shelter. We're figuring out you know, how to, to get their social security checks for them, how to find housing. And so now we're trying to move the needle on those folks who have been in need for so long in our streets. So that's under our fourth goal as well. So those are our sort of major priorities for the next few months. I love that so much. Not that just you guys are focusing on the business community, but also on the consumer base, right? Providing this need. You guys seeing this need after this pandemic and just saying, hey, we need a social worker to help also our community to get back on their feet. And I, I just love that. Like, and when you say that, I think like of a homeless, uh, a homeless community, you know, they don't have, they might be in that position because they don't have the support. You guys see that need, you guys attack that need. And I love that so much. This is why North Carolina is the best. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. 
But um, Bill, so if you had, if you could give um, one piece of advice to our listeners, both businesses and consumers, um, about how to support economic growth in their communities, what would it be? I think on the, for our businesses, I would say information sharing and flexibility, right? So we've learned that a lot of them survived through flexibility. They expanded outdoor dining or their outdoor space. They got much more aggressive on online websites, things like that. I think we're going to keep needing that. And so that flexibility will be important because, again, I think behaviors are going to take a long time to shift back. Um, so I'd say that's the biggest thing for businesses. For consumers, I would emphasize that while it sort of feels like we're at the finish line here for small businesses, we very much need their support because in many ways, what part of what has kept small businesses going also are things like the PPP program from the federal government. There's probably not going to be more of that, which means it's kind of back on us as consumers to support these businesses, right? And so we need to be able to now support them. So that means you know, if you were sort of in a habit of like, yeah, supporting them for a while, but ah, it seems like things are fine. No, we need you to keep supporting them deliberately. So your favorite businesses, those ones you want to see, those ones you want to be going to a year from now, it's a critical time to keep supporting them because they're, they're not out of the woods yet. A lot of them have been operating with greatly reduced revenue. Some of them got back rents or other bills to pay. They need your help. And so I think it's going to be really, really important for consumers to keep deliberately supporting those places. I love it. This has been an incredible conversation and really eye-opening for us to just kind of see what downtown has going on. I mean, it's been a wild year, but we're making it. And I love your approach to, you know, we're going to learn from this. It may not look exactly, it probably won't look exactly as, as it did before the pandemic, but we're growing, we're learning. And I'm excited to see what Raleigh looks like in a year, five years, 10 years from now. Um, but before we let you go, where can our listeners learn more about the Downtown Raleigh Alliance and all these great programs you have going on? Great. So we, we got downtownraleigh.org is where everything's at. And so if you go to that, you'll find out information on all of our programs and all those resources on what businesses are open and what they're offering and where they're at. And then also if you follow us on social media, so we've got a very robust Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn accounts. So we update people on you know, businesses that are reopening. We've had 22 businesses reopen just in the last couple of months. So that's a good thing. We've had six new businesses open that were brand new uh, just in the last couple of months as well. So there's a lot of activity down here. Plus all those events I mentioned, our market, uh, dine out downtown. You can learn all about that quickly through our social media. So follow us at Downtown Raleigh Alliance on social media or hit up downtownraleigh.org. I love it. Thank you so much, um, Bill, for joining us. This has been a great conversation. As always, Louise, it's a pleasure. It was great chatting with both of you guys. Always, my friend. Thank you so much, Bill. And thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Brunch with BBB. We want to continue providing you with information that is valuable. So let us know what you think by taking a screenshot of this episode and sharing it to Instagram or Facebook and tagging us at BBB Eastern NC and sharing your favorite quote or takeaway from today's conversation. You can also share your thoughts or topic ideas by direct messaging us on social media or sending us an email to info at raleigh.bbb. We can't wait to hear from you. But until next time, guys, adios.